Welcome to the Man on Second Podcast, part of the Coach and Kernan Podcast Network. I'm Joe Forsaro, and we got another really good guest lined up today, and I'm excited about this show. Um, as our listeners know, the, the mission of the Coach and Kernan Podcast is to raise the baseball IQ of our listeners, and I feel we're going to do that in the next 40 minutes. Uh, my guest today is someone I've known a long time. I've covered and one of the truly well-respected and great guys in the game of baseball, Freddie Gonzalez, bench coach of the Baltimore Orioles, obviously former uh, manager with the Atlanta Braves and coach previously with the Braves and manager and a coach with the Miami Marlins and Florida Marlins. Freddie, welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you, Joe. Uh, it's nice to, uh, nice to, to for you to uh, talk again. You know, it's been a long time since we're going to do this type of format and kind of a sort of an interview. So it's uh I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's it's the the podcast phrase. You know, I took the uh, the retirement a couple of years ago, and you know, kind of still feel I have a voice in the game. Want to stay connected. Uh, you know, I we're a fam we're a baseball family, the Fritzaro family. I know as as you guys are, uh, and that's why I'm doing it. And and let's start off with you know, obviously the Baltimore Orioles were one of the really feel good and and success stories and surprise stories of 2022. Obviously they. You know, 2021, not so good with 110 losses, but to flip that and and make a 32 or 31 game and turn around 83-79, Freddie, did you see that as a possibility of winning season? No, I did not see that, Joe. I think I'd be lying to you, and I think anybody in the organization, uh, they said we got to turn around 31 games. I knew that we were getting better. I knew that um, in spring training, and even it was a shortened spring training, I knew that the guys that were in the lower minor leagues were getting closer to us uh, to, to be in the big league roster. But for me to sit here and say, yeah, I knew we were going to be 30 games better, no chance. Uh, I think that Hyder or, or Brendan Hyder managed a terrific job. And, and our players, did an, they did a nice job. I think we played good fundamental baseball. And, Joe, you know, you have a certain – there's a certain amount of games that you have a chance to win. And, and when I say that, late in the game – and we were able to 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 convert those. Uh, we were able to get those leads in the seventh inning and and convert them into wins with with our back end of the bullpen. And uh, we had a bunch of guys that we could talk about later if, that did a really good job and stepped up that nobody even knew who they were at the time. And and they did a very good job converting those games in the seventh, eighth, and and converting them into wins instead of the prior couple of years we would end up losing those games. And this year we were, we, we ended up winning those games. Freddie, I was, I, you know, I, now what I do where I, yes, I still have a lot to do with the Marlins, but I spend a lot of time watching a lot of baseball games and I follow the Rays very closely as well. And I'm watching a game early in the year. And I think the Rays have beat me what, like 18 and one or something like that in 2021. And you guys rallied. I think, so. I think, I think that you, was the number. Yeah. Yeah. And you guys like rallied and, 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 and it looked like the, the it was more of the same early in the year, and you beat them. Like you kept coming back, you sent it to extra innings or whatever, and I, and you won the game. Do you think just getting over that hurdle while just beating Tampa Bay and showing you could do it kind of, you know, maybe changed the, the clubhouse mood a little bit about that you weren't going to just be punched around by them anymore? You know what, I, I Joe, we 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 talked about that in, in the locker room after the game, after that series. I think we ended up one. Beating him almost uh, almost every series we you know during the year, um, and you're you're right that first one that first series that we won we're like okay we because you're right I think the number was eight they were eighteen and one against us and and that's only in in 
at 21. I think that we're even better prior to those years. And I think that series, we were all thinking about it going, you know what, maybe this is it. And we played arguably one of the best divisions in, in baseball and we didn't get pushed around. You know, uh, people were coming into uh, into our stadium where we were going into their stadium, knowing that they had they had their hands full against us. Uh, uh, but I think I, that, that's pretty good observation on your part, because I think that we could point to that that series or those series against the Rays that uh, that turned around for us, that we were able to compete and compete in the division. And we did the same thing with the New York Yankees. Um, we weren't just uh, going to go in there and. and you know, lose, lose ball games. We, even the games that we lost, I think they were, you know, bottom of the ninth inning that they beat us or, you know, we, they had to bring in the, the closer in because we rallied in the ninth and, and all those, all, all those sort of games. It wasn't just a pushover games. Yeah. Talk about, and obviously impact players, impactful and high end talent is really what sustainable success in the big leagues. You could have your moments and, and guys could ha- and do well, but it seemed like the season in Baltimore really changed also when Adley Rutschman got called up. And can you speak about him? I knew you, you were a catcher in your day. What this kid is, and, and for our listeners, obviously he's a known commodity in the, in the industry, but really let people know who Adley Rutschman is. I, I tell you what, Joe, th- this guy came up, you know, with all the, and we all have been, we all have been there and we all kind of roll our eyes because uh, the organizations in baseball try to promote these guys and they're on billboards everywhere and they're on every front page publication around town and you're going, please don't, don't do that. You know, let these guys come up and get some at bats and, and because they're going to struggle. Um, but this, this young man, it was impressive. Um, you know, he struggled a little bit offensively, uh, but from what I saw in the catching position, there's a lot, they throw a lot of stuff in the catching position. Not only you have to hit, you have to handle the pitching staff. You have to prepare with, the with the scouting, the scouting report for that particular, uh, night you have to tr- get, gain the trust of your pitchers. And, and by the way, you got to produce. And the biggest thing I saw this young man do is this guy, he's his learning curve, Joe, it might be the shortest learning curve I've ever seen on any young man. He makes a mistake or doesn't, doesn't uh, do the right thing. It doesn't take him 50 at bats to figure it out. You know, it doesn't take him uh, seven innings to figure out that he's been calling the wrong pitches. It takes about two at bats and he goes, okay, I got it. And um, he's prepared. He is really prepared. He's really can separate for a young player to separate the catching end of it to the offensive end of it. You know, he goes out and hits a double and scores, you know, a two run double and comes in and he's ready to, he's ready to, to go to work with that pitcher uh, and, and vice versa. If he goes over three with a strike with three strikeouts, he doesn't care. He's going to go out there and try to catch that, finish that shutout. He's been catching. Um, he is, um, uh, I think he's just going to continue to get better. Um, and, and he, he was a traditional catcher. What I mean by that, he doesn't put a knee on the ground. And I think his, his, um, catching metrics were, were really, really high. Um, you know, with the strike zone, he does a great job presenting the baseball might be one of the best blockers of the baseball that I've seen, um, traditional, uh, and I can't say any, I can't say anything bad about him. He is a tremendous teammate. If you watch him, uh, after every inning, no matter if the pitcher gave up four runs or he punched out the side, he meets him at the foul line every inning, every time. And he brings him in and they talk baseball. And and uh, it is just a special, special thing to watch and, and a special 
uh, player that we have just watching him grow up and 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 succeed in the major league level. And as we know, it's hard. It really is hard, especially in the catching position. You know, it, it's interesting you mentioned because I remember, you know, you were there in, in, in Miami when, when Stanton got called up at age 20. And you would always kind of temper because, yes, as media, obviously, and organizations are hyping, you know, sensational young talent. But and you're right. You know, you see it the more you're in the game. As good as these players are, we do tend to overhype them and put in expectation. And some handle it better than others. Obviously, it comes down to the player and the culture and, and, and everything. But, you know you've kind of kept that, that, you know, it sounds like that these guys, Hey, you still have to be what people think. Yeah, Joe, you know what? My, my first experience on that was when uh, I was coaching with Atlanta with the Braves and all of a sudden we're making that transition with the, the baby Braves. Remember when they brought up McCann and Frank core and, and uh, Kyle Davies and all those young guys were coming up, you know, and it seemed like once one every other week was coming up. And I remember it because it was tough for Frank Core and McCann. They were both Atlanta guys, and now here they are. And I remember talking to Frank Core because I saw it getting he he was getting pulled in all kinds of different direction. You know, do this interview, do this interview, do this this commercial. And I'm like, I'm like, I told him, I said, Frenchie, it's it's okay to say no. You know, it's okay to say no. You're work on your craft because if you start not producing, you're not going to be in those billboards. So you need to work on your your craft. You still need to work on. He goes, Freddie is so tough. Everybody wants to, you know, everybody wants to come to the game. Everybody wants to know uh, tickets. And and Mike Lowell said the same thing when he first came up. That was one of the hardest thing was to, you know, just temper the outside expectation. And can you imagine just you're playing in Atlanta, your hometown, or Miami, like Mike Lowell, and you're like yeah. your aunts want to talk to you. You know, uh, I remember managing uh, Miami, and and we came back from uh, Colorado. We had a, uh, I can't remember now the name of the closer uh, that we had my first year and my second year, and she, you know, we land at four in the morning from Colorado, and my aunt calls me, and I pick up the phone. You know, because I'm half asleep, I pick up the phone and she's she's kind of talking to me about how long are you going to keep this guy as your closer? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Tata, we just I just went to bed at six this morning. Were you calling me at eight? You know, so it's a yeah, it's hard. It's the expectations out there, and it, and it's hard for to to temper those things. But I, and I understand that Major League Baseball needs to to have these guys out there, and and, and teams need to guys have these guys out there, and and some guys can handle it, some guys can't, and and I think. That, that Rush is one of those guys that you could throw anything you want at him and he's going to be able to, to have, have confidence to say, no, I don't feel comfortable doing that. Or yes, I could do that, but I still need to get, work on my craft. Let's stay on, on your team because you guys also promoted another guy who was a top five-ish uh, prospect in baseball in, uh, in Gunnar Henderson, you know, uh, who I guess is at second base. You know, speak to him and what what addition he he meant to the to the team. Joe, this guy, I mean, he's twenty years old. I think, or he maybe he just turned twenty one just a couple of days before he we got to us. Almost like a Stanton. Remember, Stanton was. Uh, yeah. I think Stanton. I had a meeting with the players with Stanton about, hey, this guy's twenty. You can't be taking him out to dinner and having, you know, having drinking. So this guy, I think, just turned twenty one a couple of he days. He turned twenty one. I'm looking up. He turned twenty one in uh, late June. Yeah. So it was. I think a couple of weeks later he came up. Right. And. um and uh, so he's, uh, but I tell you what, this guy, this guy, I don't, I don't know if you've seen him play, 
joke, and, and I don't want to put expectations yeah. on him or not, but this guy, he played a couple of games at second base, but I think he's going to be, he's going to play the left side of the diamond, uh, either shortstop or third base. He's got a, he's got the arm for it. He's got the athleticism for it, but you should see this guy hit and, um, uh, and run the bases. Uh, you know, he reminds me, somebody asked me, Cody Ashey, who's our, uh, you remember Cody Ashey yeah. from the Phillies and yeah, he's absolutely. our, one of our minor league hitting coordinators and he asked me who to remind him and I kind of laughed I didn't want to answer him I'm like I, I can't answer that because you, you're gonna think I'm crazy uh and he goes no no please and I'm like with no putting him expectation I said he reminds me of a young Chipper Jones from the left side and wow. he is I think the sky's the limit with this guy uh he doesn't chase you know he doesn't chase there was one time at uh I said something to him because he kind of jawed at one of the uh veteran umpire, I think it was Bill Miller, uh-huh. and he jawed at him on a strike three. And I brought him into the thing. I said, listen, you've only got 20 bats in the big leagues. I said, do not do that to these major league umpires. I said, uh, you're going to get a, a bad reputation, and and please do not do that. He goes, yes, sir, but it was a ball, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay, it was a ball, but do not, you know, don't just get your bat and come back down. When you have a couple years in the big leagues, you can say that. And uh, so now it, it kind of – Peaked my curiosity, so I go to the iPad an inning later, and you know what, Joe? He was right. It was a ball, <laughs> you know. And he's got tremendous, uh, tremendous uh, plate discipline. And when uh, and, and when this guy just he just he needs that bats in the big leagues, and he's going to be a guy that we're going to talk about him uh, a long, long time. And I don't know if he's going to be a third baseman. I don't know if he's going to be a shortstop because he could play that left side of the diamond. And I believe that Hyder or, or and, and Michael Lyles will leave him on that side until until he gets until he can't do it anymore. But I don't I think this guy's gonna be a, an all star uh, type player for a long time. You know, I, I want to speak to you as you really touched on something, you know, talking about kind of the bravado of the kid. Yes, he's twenty, just turned twenty one. Um you it's almost like, you know, just that super confidence and, and speaking up for themselves separates them, but you don't want it to be a detriment. You know, where, you know, you, yes, you want to say you, you belong. How, how do you kind of, as you, you coach and manage, you know, the player to, to let them kind of show all that emotion, yet, like you said, you, you want them to, to temper it and not let it get the best of them or get them a bad reputation in the process? Right. You know what? It's like, it's like raising kids, right? You know, where uh, you, you watch them play, you watch them behave and then you and then you work on it you know you I saw that and I and I seen it a couple of other times it wasn't the first time that I seen it you know and and so I think it was a perfect time to go to him and 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 say listen this is not you know what and Joe to his credit he never did it again he never did it again and there was a couple of times where they were like really really bad calls or there and and he just that didn't let him affect it and uh and so that was a good teaching moment at that at that time and and I addressed it, and this guy is such a great kid. He's a yes, sir, no, ma'am, you know, okay, uh, I'll do better uh, type of kid from Alabama. And um, and, uh, and and we addressed it with with that with whoever, right, Joe? I think, you know, you were there with me with, with the Hanley Ramirez thing, yeah, right? And and there's a time and place where you you address things and 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 you move forward. And, and you know, then – but you can't let it – you can't let it um, – you can't you can't you can't ignore it because I think if you you if you ignore those situations, it's uh it doesn't help the young man, and it doesn't help your team and it really, for me, um, 
going back is like I, I, I'm like you know what I let I let him, I let the kid down by not addressing these these things or and that's not that's not part of coaching if you see something that you need to address you address it and again it's, it wasn't an embarrassing situation with like it was with Hanley you know uh, it yeah. was we talked to him about uh, I talked to him in the bottom of the dugout you know nobody even knew we were talking and uh, yeah. and and but you know you, you as a coach and, and as a father and as a as a teacher, you have to address those situations because if not, it doesn't do those kids any uh, justice. Um, yeah, just for what Frey's talking about with with Hanley going back to a play in Miami where the ball was hitting in the outfield, and uh, I think Coglin was in left field. Hanley was at short, and the ball dropped, and and it got booted by Hanley his momentum, and he just kind of loafed for the ball or didn't even go for it, and it put Freddie in the position, and the guy ended up getting like a triple or something like that. Uh, where you got to pull a player and, and, and speak to a player. It, like you say, Freddie, is it real important to just address it then and not let it fester and not do it two weeks later? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think it's the best thing to, you know, that particular situation, you know, it was one of those things, Joe, that I felt, that, and I, you know, I had done it in the minor league. So you feel comfortable you that you were doing the right thing and that you needed to address it, address it right there and then. Cause if not, there were 24 other sets of eyes looking at you, right? And that, not, not, that, that's not counting the fans or the front office that, or the coaches. That's counting your the other 24 players that you have in that dugout that is they're looking at you. Okay, so w- what are you going to do now, Skipper? You know that your best player, um, you know you couldn't describe that any better. <laughs> yeah. uh, did this, and now you know it's easy to do it to the 24th guy on the team or the 25th guy on the team. But what are you going to do? And and you know what? It wasn't that big of a deal, Joe. And, and you remember the, the big deal was how he handled it, right afterwards. Yes. And yeah. and for me, it would have, it was over there and de- right there and then. And I had to do what I, I had to do. And and it would have been over and didn't and kind of fester for, or kind of just lingered for another three or four days just because it wasn't handled well from from his part. But you know what? I could always lay my head uh, in the pillow and and I think I. You you were there watching, and you yeah. I think you, you you knew that was the right thing to do. Oh yeah, yeah that was yeah, and just not to just wholly relive this. Uh, Hanley didn't exactly take ownership, <laughs> you know, right. and um, and and we know Hanley is a great player. He had a great run in Miami and and a really good career. But you know, Freddie probably agrees. I think he had a Hall of Fame talent that isn't going to get him there, which is kind of what uh, a shame because you want to see you know, that type of player be, you know, live up to the potential and why we're raising this here today. Uh, I want to go back for you. I want to talk about the team because I, you know, I I love Florida players and I want to talk about Ryan Mountcastle uh, at Baltimore. And and I'm really fascinated because he's from the same school, high school as Riley Green and Vaughn Grisham. And from what I understand, he was like a senior at Haggerty High in in Florida while Riley Green and Vaughn Grisham were like freshmen. Yeah, yeah, he, and you know what? And and you're right. They talk to when those guys when we play against those guys. He's always talking to those guys. And and uh, but Moncastle is another of these young talent that uh, he still um, he's he's down. We had him uh, I think two years ago. We had him in left field, and he was really uncomfortable there. And then I think he started as a shortstop out of high school, and kind of outgrew that position and went to third base and ended up in playing outfield in the big leagues a little bit. And I'm not sure if he played third base for us in the in the in the big leagues but it was very very little games that we did so now he plays first base and he just keeps getting better at first base he's you know he's 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 your prototypical first baseman you know six four and a half with big long limbs 
and um, and we haven't seen, we haven't been able, to, or he hasn't been able to tap to his um, what what he could do defensively. This guy could game change the game. He could almost be a Derek Lee at at um, okay. at first base, and and we he still hasn't gotten comfortable there yet, uh, but he could be that type of type of first baseman. And I think it's just one of those things. I think the more reps he gets, the better he's going to be. Uh, at first base, and then at the at the at the at the plate offensively, this guy, you know, Monty's just going to continue getting better. He's uh, he chases a little bit more than we want him to, but he hits the ball. He's got power through all fields, and um, and he's going he's going to be a run producer. And again, he's only I think Monty might be twenty five years old if 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 that. Uh, yeah, twenty five. Yeah, yeah. So he's already got almost a year and a half in the big leagues, uh, if not if not more. Um, uh, so, um, it's, um, uh, it's, it's, he's a good, we, you know what, Joe, we could, we could go and talk about every single guy in the roster and, <laughs> and it's almost reminds you of that, those Florida Marlins guys, you know, back in the day of, of the Henley Ramirez and, and, you know, Hermitas and all those young players that we had back then, this kind of reminds you of that. And they just, we just keep, you know, the Orioles have done such a great job in drafting and, and developing players that, you just can't wait for the next guy to come up. You know, we had Stowers come up uh, and do a great job. We had, um, you know, I, I, the one I really wanted to see because I love the pitching part of it. I really wanted to see Gunner. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, not Gunner, Grayson. Grayson you know, Rodriguez. I, I really yeah. wanted to see Grayson Rodriguez. And, and uh, you know, he had that injury. Uh, I think it was a lat injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I and, think so. Uh, he ended up pitching. Yeah. He ended up pitching at the end of the year in the minor leagues, a couple of outings. But that's the guy I really wanted to see, and and he was right on the he was right on the cusp of of coming up before he got hurt. So, so our listeners know Freddie's talking about Grayson Rodriguez. He might be a legitimate ace, like you know the scouting grades. He's like that kind of guy, like a legitimate number one, not just number one because someone has to pitch first game. And um, yeah, he he's. Someone I know in, in Baltimore, they're really excited to see. And, you know, what's interesting, Freddie, with, with what the, the benefit of what the, the Orioles have right now is you don't normally see this where the, the quote unquote rebuild team finally has the, the, the pieces, you know, going up to the big leagues and then performing where the team has a plus 500 record, a winning season and had the number one overall pick as the cherry on top to the rebuild. And it's Jackson Holiday, who might yeah. be better than all of the guys we're talking about. Right, right. And you know what? I, I saw him. Um, he came out, you know, like they, like they all do, right? All the young draft kids come out. And I threw batting practice to him. And this kid is 18 years old, Joe. But he's got a frame like like his dad, right? Yeah. But but slimmer. But he's got a frame. And 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 he's hitting balls left-handed. You know, he's hitting balls out of uh, Canham Yards like there's no big deal. And um, – and and I think our our Miley people said this kid's really really going to be a good player and and we and you know it's all it's all up to him how fast he makes it up to the big leagues but he has the that DNA that uh, that his father had playing the big leagues and might be a better defender than, than his father. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but uh, he, he you know I'm looking I'm curious to, to see him but uh, you know in, in the Miley he's so far away that you don't know but you're you know I think this guy's going to be knocking on the door here in a couple of two or three years, if, you know, um, but you're right. It's, it's young, it's young players. We got, you know, we could name the rotation that came up with uh, Kyle Bradish and, 
and uh, D.L. Hall came up and just kind of – we spot started him one day and D.L. Hall and then we put him in the bullpen just to kind of control his inning and, and give him a feel for for um, the big leagues. And he did a terrific job. It's 98 miles an hour from the left side and pretty easy, Joe, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Pretty easy. And uh, that's that's D.L. Hall. And then Bradish came up and did a nice job. And, and um, so we're looking forward to this – this wave of, of these young, like they're closer. I remember, I remember my first spring training with, um, with Baltimore was, uh, what was it? 20. Right. And you know, you know how good of your farm system is in those, those, you know, from the sixth inning on in, in the first couple of weeks of spring training games. Right. And yeah. because your starters come out and then you, this is the next wave. This is the next guys that are in the minor leagues getting ready to, playing the big leagues and you know they're a year away maybe three months away and i'm we're, we're making these line shifts and these guys are coming up and i'm going oh oh my goodness this is not real good right and yeah. so last year uh though this spring training in 20 and 22 i would just whisper to hider i said hey let's get these starters out of here so we can watch these young players play you know the gunner hendersons and the westbergs and, and those guys it's like he goes no we need to get the guys at bats i go really let's get these guys i want to see these guys play you know and, and you know these young pitchers uh i go hey we know these guys are going to be in our team but i want to see westberg i want to see gunner henderson i want to see you know rutch play a little bit i want to see all these guys uh, so that's when you know your that's when you know your farm system is getting closer to the major league level yeah I, you know i one thing I like, Freddie, I, lo- I like the legacy players, meaning the the, the Jackson Holidays being Matt Holiday's son. And I want to ask you, from your Atlanta days, do you remember seeing Drew Jones hanging around with his dad, with Andrew? Because obviously Drew yeah, Jones but I remember in Arizona. So, yeah, because, I remember, so I remember all like the kids years old. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, he's, yeah, I remember him seeing him five years old. And what, and what a shame, you know, that this year – is he playing in the fall leagues? I know that he hurt no, himself. No, he got hurt. Year. He had surgery. He, uh, oh, he yeah, had surgery. So he missed his whole year. Yeah, yeah. He signed and then he got like a shoulder issue. He'll be ready by spring training. But it was one okay, of those good. like August injuries, like a week in the camp, he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, but, no, I knew that he had – I knew that he had uh, – Surgery. I didn't know if he was he was able to play in the fall league. So they're going to go. By he was not. Training. He was not in the fall league. No. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know what? Those guys. There is something to be said about those kids that grew up in the locker room. You know, with their fathers, they know they know how to behave, right? And I think I have not run across one that does not respect the game or respect the coaches. Uh, those legacy players that you're talking about, and and you know I've had. You know, uh, Terrence. Well, right here in in in, Atl- in Baltimore, we have two with uh, Phil Nevin's son Tyler, and um, and then Tyron Varvara, uh, who is his father was a longtime major league coach with the Twins, and also I think with the with with the Tigers there at the end. And and you talk about two great two great guys uh, to have. So uh, yeah, I've I've never not run across uh, a player that grew up in the big leagues or in a, or, or in a professional locker room clubhouse or, or, a, or a son of a coach that's not, doesn't, doesn't uh, have that little extra, you know what I mean? Oh, no question. No question. I always remember back in 2003 when, when um, Pudge Rodriguez with, with the Marlins and, and his son Derek was like seven or so years old and they would play catch right there at the, you know, at the football stadium, there's no, you know, rail in front of, the field just ran onto the field and you just sit there in the dugout and you'd watch and Pudge would have catch with, 
with with his son, and he's throwing the ball to him like he's trying to throw a guy out at second. And the kid's like seven years old, and he's catching these missiles. And then you know his son's pitching in the big leagues, you know, fifteen <laughs> years later. Yeah, that's right. Like, I'm not shocked. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, hey, Freddie, I want to ask a little bit because the game's evolved. You've obviously evolved. We, I've evolved. Otherwise, I'd just totally be retired. Um, you know, how different is it? You know. Uh, now to manage and coach the player. And, you know, obviously you're so influenced by Bobby Cox. Is that style work anymore or even part of it? Or is it morphed into combining with analytics? How do you kind of view where we are? <laughs> that's a, that's a great question, Joe. I think, I think the style that Bobby Cox, you know, still works today because his style was he's communicated, he communicated, you know, he talked to these guys and that's what made him a hall of fame manager. It wasn't, you know, he had that, that reputation of being a gruff guy or whatever, but he talked to these guys, these guys, these players that he had knew exactly what he wanted them to do. He knew, and he trusted those guys. So that style still works here. Um, the, and, and these guys want more of that. Actually, they want more to, they want to be involved in, in, in decision. They want to be involved in what kind of food the, the clubhouse is serving and what, what time we're leaving on the bus. And, uh, and that's fine. That's the generation that we, you know, these are our sons, Joe, you know, yeah. we got, I got a 29 year old uh, son and a 31 year old daughter. And that's, you know, you're coaching these guys that, that age group. Um, and so you, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta evolve, like you said. And, and I think I'm better now than I was when I first managed uh, in the big leagues. And, and it's, um, you you got, you have to learn. You have to take uh, the analytics and some of the stuff that you go with the analytics, Joe, is what we were we we would call a gut feeling, but it, it really is not a good term to be called gut feeling. It's called I've been in this road before many times, and I know that it's going to turn good or bad because of the history, my experience, right? And now they have it in in, in the numbers, uh, and and they give you all kinds of numbers. But some of the stuff there's only a, there's only been a few stuff that they have given me uh, to run a game, right. Not to, yeah. not to evaluate a player to evaluate, uh, you know, spin rates or any of that kind of stuff, but to run a game, to actually run a game, there's only been a couple of things that you go, Hmm, I didn't think about this when I was managing. Right. But for the most part, you know, the stuff that is, that we use now running the game, uh, we did back then. And we did it because of, we spent six years managing in the minor leagues and six years or, you know, or, or six years, uh, coaching in the big leagues and, and all kinds of winter balls. Uh, but now they have it, they, they give it to you in, in the numbers thing. And, and it's fine. It's, it's, it's not, it's not uh, rocket science. It's just running the math and they can run it and simulate it in a computer and, and they give you the information in, in, in a matter of minutes where it would take you, um, it would take you, you know, four hours to, to come up with a game plan, you know, um, and, and, and I embrace it. I embrace a lot of stuff. And then a lot of stuff that, um, I, we, we fight or, or we won't fight, but it's not, we argue or we, you know, it's, it's a good conversation better than an argument or a fight. And it's like, no, I, I, I'm not biting on this one. Give me, give me, tell me more. Tell me more. I'm not just going to give me this and this, I'm going to believe this. Tell me more because this is what I'm going to, I'm thinking, you know? And so it's a healthy, uh, dialogue back and forth. And it's, I've learned a lot. And I think I have uh, taught a lot to these, you know, to these young analytical guys. Um, but uh, I think you still, the number one thing is um, it's communicating uh, probably more so than now than ever. 
uh, more so now than ever. I think it's uh, everything is uh, you almost have to have a guy, Joe, that's in in charge of uh, the social media or the texting yeah. because everything is, you know, we get lineups out like, you know, an hour after a game and, you know, nobody's there. So you might as well not post it because nobody's there after an hour after a game. But we have a guy that that puts it out in us in a text form. He puts out the you know the schedule the night before for the for the next day the night before and just the, all the information it's on social on, on some kind of uh uh platform um so uh they're communicating that way uh, and it's been it's been really fun uh learning and talking to a guy and i think we have the number one guy that maybe started all this with sig medal uh-huh. and it's been great for we come down and and, and talk uh, analytics and talk baseball and and we give him our point of view because of what you know how we ran the game that particular time and and uh, you know he gives us his numbers and his view on, on certain situations in the course of the game and it's been fun and and I think it's been a great uh, collaboration between myself and and Hyder and Sig and the analytic department and and uh, you know at the end of, at the end of the day Joe it's the better player wins. You know, yep. whoever has the best players wins. Uh, and uh, but it's been it's been good. And and you evolved. If not, Joe, if you if you don't evolve and you can't stay in this game. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You can't stay I mean, in this game. You got to do something else. And I and, and I'm too young and I love this game too much not to evolve. Yeah. I mean, when I was at MLB.com, uh, the big boss every year at, would have a holiday party up in up in New York. And it would be like the Tuesday after the winter meetings. And I'd always make sure I had like five minutes with them just to kind of get an overview because I never really wanted to be blindsided. I want to know what the next year might bring. And any one time he said, you evolve or dissolve. That was his line. So you, you, you got to kind of go that way. Um, you know, before I get you out of here, I want you to get, um, you were with Dombrowski, your early years with the Marlins? You know, obviously. I, I, I was. I was, yeah. yeah. Uh, just we, give we us started. a quick uh, Yeah, I'm a big Dombrowski guy. I think Dave should be a Hall of Fame executive. And, you know, what he's what he did with the Phillies team. Just a quick story on on them uh, before we start getting out of here. Well, I, Dave started the Marlins back in when, uh, what was that, 1991, when they got, uh, when they got the, the franchise. Uh, he was the first general manager. And he started the minor league with John Bowles, and and I was one of the first coaches to hire in the minor leagues. And so I grew up with with um, with with David uh, as as my coaching career. And you know what? You know, you look back now and you go, "Wow, I, I had a I had some kind of education that I didn't even know I was even getting uh, with Dave and with John Bowles and and Gary Hughes and that and that group that started the Marlins back in 1991." Um, and and you know, he's Dave is one of those guys, Joe, that whatever the whatever question he asked you he already knew the answer right he he knew the answer so you your answer better be it better be it better be good you know you can't just say you know no this guy's better because this because he he already knew that this guy was better because of of whatever numbers he was looking at uh but he always he wanted your opinion uh but he was um he, he, you know, I, I remember a, a story and, and uh, we, uh, I got to, I think Bolsey was, uh, 
had back surgery or neck surgery and we were there and we had a game and I was managing the game uh, for a couple of days until to, 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 uh, Bolsey got back from, from the surgery. And there was a game where Cliffy Floyd hit a ball off the clock. You remember the clock in pro player? Oh, yeah. yeah right, that old clock there in, in left center field yeah. wall. And um, one of the umpires um, called it a home run. And there wasn't a home run, but they called it a home run. And I remember the umpire, and I'm drawing a blank on the umpire's name, but the, a, a big-name umpire come to the, the camera well that sat right next to the, uh, the dugout, uh, the dugout and kind of look, borrowed the, the the camera to look at the replay, right? And there's a picture of the Miami Herald, the Palm Beach Poge everywhere, and and you know they got the they, but there's no replay back then, right? Yeah. And then I remember reading a big memo saying that nobody could use any electronic devices to to look for you know to plays or anything like that. So uh, they return they re, they they put Cliffy back at second base against the Cardinals. They put uh, Cliffy back at second base, and I think we were down by one run or whatever, uh, whatever it was over. Um, and so I protested the game, right? And uh-huh. so you remember that locker room and pro player where you had to walk a long way from the from the doors that were closer to the dugout all the way to the manager's office. Yes, it was a long way to walk, and Dave is sitting there with his hands on his hips, right? And I'm like, oh my god. This guy's gonna fire me on the spot. Here I am, a snot-nosed coach, doing you know managing three games in the big leagues, and I'm protesting major league games. And he calls me in. He calls me in the office, closes the door, and he goes, "You know, we could win this protest because you know this memo." And and I still have the memo here. I kept it, all the the notes. But uh, what a great education that I had that I didn't even know what I was getting. With 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 David Dombrowski, and I agree with you, Joe. I think at the end of the day, wherever he's retires or wherever he, whenever he wants to stop working, he's going to be a uh, hall of fame general manager. Cause everywhere he's been, he has won. Yeah. If he takes the Phillies to the world series, even if they don't win, he would have taken <laughs> one with the Marlins, one with the Red Sox, went with the Detroit and, yeah. and, with, and these, you know, three wins away with, with the Phillies, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and taking teams from nothing. I mean, taking an expansion team in Miami and winning the world series in five years. I mean, that has to account for something. You know, um, he had that. He has that that sense of when it's time to win. I think, and whenever that time of winning, he doesn't care if you were the the number one prospect in in major league in minor league baseball. If he if he had to put you on a deal to get a piece for that team to win that year, he would make the deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And some criticize that when it doesn't work, or they or they get short sighted. You know, say, yeah. oh well, you might have won the World Series, but yeah, you lost something. But you know. You you could always try to make that up. You're not always, that window isn't always going to be the guarantees, and always going to be there to win the title. And cool. um, you know, I think what this is, we're getting close, Freddie, to wind this down. But I do want to plug you in terms of saying that, you know, you obviously sound like you're as like you say you're you're on top of the game more than ever. And uh, does the desire to manage is it still there for you? And uh, you know, I hope it is. Yeah, no, Joe, it, it is, and it, it has been, and and it's been like I told you earlier on. I'm better now than I was, you know, five years ago. I mean, because I want to learn. I, I take all these information that I get from you know the analytics department, and also from the experiences you've you've had, and and I feel better. I, I would love another opportunity before I said it done. Um, 
but if not, I've had a great career and, and I've been lucky and fortunate and to be around great people. And, and I still love the game. I still get up and, and, and still get butterflies, you know, before every game. Uh, and when that stops happening, then that's time for me to do something else, but it really has not. And I've, uh, I think I handle, I can handle the pressure now better than I would back, you know, nine years ago when we first started, I think I know how to be able to detach myself to say, okay, I don't need to bring this game home because we lost, um, and, and get some, you know, get some decent amount of sleep. I'm not saying it's going to be a great eight hours, but I, I would love to have another opportunity. I, I've, I've, um, haven't got, I think I've gotten one interview since I got fired at 16. Uh, and that was with the Detroit Tigers. And I don't know why I have not gotten any more, uh, interviews, but it is what it is. I, I'm trying to do my part and stay, uh, relevant and relevant and, and stay involved in our game. And, and hopefully somebody I could sit in front of somebody, you know, and, and talk baseball with a general manager or president of baseball operation and maybe, you know, get some, you know, maybe get another opportunity. <laughs> well, we're, we're going to do our part to try to get, make sure that people know that, that you're available as well. Um, <laughs> before we get out of here, Freddie, Dave um, D'Agostino, the producer wants me to ask you, who are you having dinner with tonight? Oh, I've been having dinner. You know, the guy, you know, the guy, you know, he's been a big Miami Marlins fan or Freddie Gonzalez fan, uh, Stan Van Gundy. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Stan, Absolutely. You know, Stan, yeah. So, uh, every time we get a chance to, to get together, he loves baseball. As you know, you've, yeah. you've probably talked to him about baseball. So Stan is in the area. I think he did the Boston Sixers game yesterday in Boston and he's doing this, whoever the Sixers are playing Thursday. And so we're going to have dinner. He comes over to Tampa, him and his dad and his mother come over to Tampa because um, they love the Vinoy, so Stan sets them up the Vinoy, and we end up talking, you know, baseball till the middle of the night after games, and and um, it's it's fun, it's it's fun to have them, uh, and and also you know it's you know what Joe, it's you, you talk to these coaches of different sports, and it's a different it's a different uh, how would I put this? It's a different different ball, right? A different yeah. shape ball, but it's still the same things, you know, the same. They're still communicating with players, still handling uh, young men, and and uh, but it's 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 fun. It's fun talking and have getting their different perspective on different things, and uh, so I'm looking forward to um, to to have a dinner with Stan tonight. Oh, that sounds awesome! And uh, yeah, Freddie, uh, all the best. We, we're so thankful that you you spent some time with us today. Um, uh, for my listeners, I'm at the Arizona Fall Week this uh, league this week, um, seeing a lot of a lot of nice young players. I'll be talking about some of this stuff in upcoming episodes. But um, once again, Freddie, thanks again for for joining us, and and uh, for our listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in. And you know, you can catch our podcast on all the major podcast platforms: Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Stitcher. Um, you can find us anywhere. Again, Freddie, thank you so much. Well, Joe, thank you for having me. I didn't know that we would be able to, when you said 45 minutes, I'm going, wait a second, I'm not that interested in speaking <laughs> for 45 minutes, but here we're almost at the 44 minute mark and thank you. And thank David, David to uh, produce this show. And uh, I, I really, I really enjoyed it talking baseball. Thank you guys. Okay. We hope to have you on again sometime and good luck at becoming a manager. People out there, <laughs> pretty good is on the market. If you have an opening, give them a call. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're out of here.